0: Habits and Health, Episodes 33.
1: Welcome to the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. Brought to you by an educator and coach for anyone who wants to create a healthier life. Here's your host, Tony Winyard.
0: Welcome to another edition of the podcast where we give you ideas and ways of improving your health and, and habits around your health. Today's guest is Hayley Wheeler. She helps people with depression and she has she's created a program especially for people that are having sort of mental health issues and I- including depression and, and some other areas as well. And she's been doing this for a while and she's got quite a different approach to many other people in the in the mental health field. So we're gonna hear a lot more from Hailey coming up. And if you know anyone who you really feel would be helped by some of the information that Hayley talks about, please do share the episode with them. And, and why not leave a review for us as well? That enables a lot more people to find out about this podcast um, and yeah, learn from the valuable information that many of the guests share. So I hope you enjoy this week's show. Welcome to another edition of Habits and Health and my guest today is Hailey Wheeler. How are you doing, Hailey?
1: I'm good, thank <laughs> you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Oh, and I just I just said Hailey Wheeler, but actually your your um, Facebook says Hailey Twig Wheeler, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Twig so is my is maiden it... name.
0: Ah, right. Okay. So so is it a double barreled name or you just used for Facebook you just use that?
1: Yeah, I just use it on Facebook on social media, but my, my the business name is Hailey T. Wheeler, so I kept the twig in there as well
0: and so can you explain to listeners what what is it that you do
1: i work with adults children and families to help them reduce overwhelm so that they can find happiness again because mental health is such a big thing at the moment and i'm really passionate about helping people improve that
0: and how did that all come about
1: well my own battle with depression was the the main thing but um i think my my battle with depression was kind of put on the back burner while I helped my son with his anxiety. And instead of using any traditional therapies or medication, I decided, and I don't even know why, I decided to use self-discovery and self-development. And teaching my son, I had to teach my son how to understand what was going on for him so he could explain it to me so I could help him. And that's how I learned to understand about anxiety and mental health, really. I, th- I think the whole thing. And then once he was better, I went on my own journey. And it took me two years to kind of get to a point where I was happy again.
0: And so when you say sort of self-discovery, was that reading lots of different books or looking at how different therapists are doing things? Or, I mean, what, what was involved?
1: No, it was it was just about using questions using using my past to inform where I was now trying to understand what I'd been through you know what my son had been through and how we'd got to that point um and, and recognizing all the emotional impact on things that had happened so for me it was about looking back to be able to go forward and it was it was it was a massive thing
0: and what made you take that route? Why did you just not rely on the, the help that is generally offered in in you know, different places?
1: I don't have an answer. I really don't know why. I just I think when it came to the crunch, I decided I, I knew there was a point in time where I'd had this irrational thought and I knew I had to do something. And I had to do something for both of us. And I was feeling or I felt like I was feeling miserably at that time. So I... I decided that I was just going to help him. It's obviously easier to help other people, isn't it? So I went on this thing to understand what he was. I needed to understand it. So I asked him questions. I got him thinking a different way. And and it was really, he didn't know what anxiety was. I didn't know how to describe anxiety to him. So it was it was kind of, I, I suppose it was a natural instinct, whether a parent, an instinct, or just as a, as a human being. But... I just needed for the both of us to survive, so I didn't think about anything else.
0: One of the things you just said was, "I realised, I think I forget exactly how you worded it, but it was something about I realised I had an irrational thought. Well, that's it's quite a bit of awareness. Then it's not—is that something that many people you help realise they have that awareness that they're not thinking rationally?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. They, there's a confusion around because you have rational and irrational thoughts. But mine was particularly obvious because it was it was kind of really loud. Um, but people have a real mix bag of. I know this isn't right, but this is what I'm thinking. So it's a real mix and confusion of of both of being ir- irrational as well as rational. But you just can't control the irrational. Is
0: there a particular? type of person that you help or like it sort of when you get to demographics like age groups john you know is there a particular type
1: well my clients have ranged from the age of six up to 80 so
0: (laughs) and there's not like a, a they don't do have a particular job or or way of thinking or
1: not really there's there's not been mine is quite bizarre because I think we've had discussions of me around trying to sort of nail what people get out of the program Mm. and it's all different I've I've looked at 20 different clients and they are different people their results are different even though the program is a a particular way Mm. because it's the way I suppose it's delivered is unique to each person there's no it, it does I don't have a sort of a common thing i suppose with with clients
0: so let's talk more about that the program that you just mentioned so so you've put together this program and it's to i guess what the aim is just to help people help themselves or what would you say is is that what the program's about
1: my well my motto is self knowledge is a superpower and right. that is what the basis of the program is it's all about helping the individual understand themselves so that they can make decisions, so that they can decide what what happens in their life and, and the choices and, and their behaviours as well and their actions. Um, and I think that kind of empowerment to understand yourself changes everything.
0: Is there a typical... So what is it that's stopping people from getting to that point in the first place? Is Is there... A common cause that a lot of people, or, or a common factor that many people are facing, or is everyone quite different?
1: It, well, it's the it's that confusion <laughs> because you you are so confused by what's going on. There's conflict between the rational and the irrational. There's being able to function on a day to day basis, but then you you are feeling like you can't cope. So you may be functioning, but you feel like you can't cope. But it's that? An inability to be able to communicate to yourself, let alone to other people, what is actually going on, and you, you just don't understand it. And people say to you, you know, why do you feel like this? And and I often get that with children. Parents ask children, why do you feel like this? And I have to say to them, stop asking them why because they don't know. They cannot describe to themselves or to you what is going on until they come and work with me, and then they can they understand and are able to, to say to parents or to say to partners or to say to other people, I understand that this is happening for me now.
0: I mean, as you were saying that, I'm wondering, is this like, how many people have this sort of suffer from this? Is it quite rare or is there is it a lot of people? Have you got any idea?
1: Well, the, the official UK statistics is one in four struggle with some kind of mental health dis- disorder. I suggest that's, because of the way it's worded that suggests to me they haven't actually done um it's more of a, a a guess than it is an actual uh questionnaire they've put out to find out because it i think you'd be surprised at how many people struggle without even saying anything
0: and is this linked to i don't know negative voices in your head and and, and so on or is it is it separate from that or is that part of it
1: from my own experience, when I I had negative self talk, so I was already used to negative self talk. You know, I I always felt like I was overweight. I always felt like I wasn't good enough. I you know I had all these things going on before. So when I slipped into it being even worse, I didn't really notice it. It wasn't one of these things that I woke up one morning and, and life was rubbish for me, it was a slow descent into it. And then there was a, at the end, there was a a real fast spiral after an incident with a counsellor.
0: And um, so what was the incident with a counsellor?
1: At the time, I, the, the thing that made me feel like I was doing okay, the thing that held me together, even though I was completely struggling, was that I was being a good parent. And my last... Appointment with this counsellor, she told me she didn't want to see me anymore because she couldn't help, she didn't think she could help me. And at the same time, she made a comment which was not, it wasn't malicious, it was just a statement or an observation that I had let my children down. I, I kind of put my children at a, at a lower priority than I had in my head, and that sent me spiled. That's what, That what, that's the kind of that was um, January 2015. By July 2015, I was at the, the bottom. I was, I'd was, i hit rock bottom, and that was a quick descent into it.
0: And do you think there was any truth in what she said?
1: Well, oh, I can, I can rationalise it now. I, yeah, probably there was, and, and probably that's what stung. Um, but then when I speak to my children they would disagree Hmm. because there were days when they didn't know this, but there were days when I did not want to do anything. I didn't want to be anywhere. I I would just, I just wanted to press pause on life, but I would take them to the park or I would, you know, we we had a day in that summer, it was really bad rain down here. We had a day where I took them down to, I told them, get your snow stuff on. We are going, we're going jumping in the pedals. And I didn't want to be there, but they still have the memories of jumping in the pedals. Uh, They didn't see inside my head, but they would disagree. So I I don't know, maybe there was an element of truth in it.
0: Do you have any thoughts as to why there is so much, um, why mental health is getting so bad for so many people now?
1: The way I work is about the emotional vessel and emptying the emotional vessel. And I think we've, there's not enough emphasis on the connection between emotional, physical and mental health together. And I think we're very focused on one or the other. You know, we don't tend to focus on them all. And I think that, that there isn't the support and help or the understanding around Mental health as 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 we need it to be, and even like, even the even professionals, medical professionals are. I don't know. I don't know how to how to word it. Even they. Okay, so so one of the things I, I, I think I I can. I've worked with a group of people who were institutionalized. They've been in and out of institutions since they were young and I'm talking about people in their 60s, 70s. And I asked the question, have we lost the person when you have a diagnosis for mental health, a mental illness? And it was a resounding and there was 10 people in the room. There was a resounding yes. We have forgotten the person. And life is such a distraction. Now. We don't we don't you know who who now puts invests time in themselves over and above their phone or their technology or TV or movies? Because it's easier to do all that stuff than it is to work on yourself.
0: And I guess I mean there's a real well, from my I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with mental health, but from looking from the outside at it, my perspective and this could be completely wrong so please do correct me but my perspective is there the stigma used to be really bad and it's not quite as bad now but I'm guessing that for people who are suffering from it it must be very hard to admit it to 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 anyone Is, is there any truth in any of that I mean that's just guesses from my point of view
1: yeah I think that the having that discussion again if we go back to the fact that I can't I can't actually articulate what's going on for me i can't actually open that conversation with somebody because how do you tell somebody what's going on in your head when what's what's going on in your head is off the charts you know people wouldn't understand it
0: and is it is it embarrassment that you wouldn't want to tell anyone or just because you don't know how to articulate it
1: I think the first barrier is not knowing how to articulate it. The next barrier is fear of rejection fear of of judgment fear of just being ostracized or you know, how will they react? How will they see me again? What will they think of me if I tell them I'm struggling with my mental health?
0: Right. And is the, again, uh, this is just a guess. I don't know if this is any true to this. My feeling is that 10, 20 years ago, the media didn't give any kind of, the way they portrayed this was making fun of it. And it wasn't no understanding, but I, I get the feeling things are better now or is that any what do you think on that?
1: I think they're better. I, I don't think that they I think they still fall into the trap of, you know, taking the mick out of things and and portraying things a specific way. But right. I do think we're getting better at recognising that actually that is and it's not helpful to do that. Um but i'd like to see us as human beings become more aware more confident in talking about things like this Hmm.
0: and as the case the number of people who have some kind of or, or have had or even do now have some kind of mental health issue increases there's therefore that many more people offering some kind of assistance so how What is different from what you do to to many of the other programmes and therapies that uh, are being offered?
1: I know that a lot of people who come to me have been to some kind of therapy, whether it's counselling, psychology, psychiatry, they've they've had something. And often it's it's, for them, it's about they have a short term, uh, I suppose, improvement in life, but then things start to slowly go back. And I truly believe it's because we, as a society, therapies are aimed at getting people to management levels, to manage your symptoms. And so we're constantly still finding ways to to feel better, to hold ourselves together, whether it's something like running or yoga or um, journaling. But the problems are still there. And that sort of is why people end up going backwards and, and back into feeling how they're feeling, so what i've done is is i've got two levels past management for me, the most important thing is is that self empowerment that change element where you're actually facing the emotions you're you're processing emotions and you're letting go of emotions and then we get to empowerment because by if you' if you're constantly trying to manage something you're constantly trying to find something to manage that, that symptom or, or that feeling. Whereas if you've gone and, and you've actually got to the root of the problem and you've dealt with the emotional root, you can move into empowerment and start to make those choices and, and live the life that you want to live rather than constantly finding something. All right, I, this isn't working anymore. I need something else to, to help me. So my thing is not about managing. Get to the empowerment level
0: and so when they get, when you're, the people you're helping, the patients, I don't know if that's the word you use, but when they get to that level, is it a case then of they no longer have the negative voices or they just understand it better?
1: They understand them or, you know, I, I, there, there's no such thing as, as perfection. There's no such thing as, as you know, life is always going to be roses and, and laughter But it's it's recognising how it impacts them as an individual. So this is going on in my life. What is going on for me? How do I want to deal with this? And and being empowered to be able to decide what happens as a result. Okay, so this has happened in my life. How do I want to react, respond? And then that that changes the outcome.
0: So from what you just said, that suggests, therefore, that a lot of of people who are seeing therapists and many programs that are available aren't really i are, are still still have the issues afterwards is that is that the case then
1: that's what i've been told is that people come to me and they, they've been to some kind of therapy cbt is another one they've been to um and and the the issues are still there so they're not actually dealing with the issues They they're just learning how to manage what is going on for them Even, you know, I've had children on Ard has been told, you just have to live with this forever. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Habits and Health podcast, where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy. If you're looking for the fastest and most effective way to transform your energy and well-being, we invite you to join Tony for an upcoming Habits and Health workshop. This five-week group workshop will empower you with tools to disrupt unwanted habits and make positive changes easy. You'll enjoy sounder sleep, better energy, less stress and a happier mood. Workshops begin on the first week of every month and you can sign up now at tonywinyard.com. Now back to the show.
0: You talked about that you um, work with children and and adults. Is it much more difficult working with children and, and trying to help them. No, it's not.
1: No, they get it far quicker than they are, don't they? Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah, it is. It really is. They Because they want to learn, they're still in that learning phase, aren't they? They're still in school and still every day is a learning day. So when they come and you when you've got a child who doesn't understand themselves and maybe mum and dad don't understand what's going on for them either they come and they learn you know the first session is all about the coaching model and understanding internal patterns and a behaviour analysis all of a sudden they understand why they're hitting out why they're shouting why they're screaming rather than self-punishing and that that for that, it changes there just in that first. Well, it changes from the, the first, the, the initial session before we start the program because that, that level of understanding is there.
0: So, therefore, why is it that adults find it more difficult now?
1: They've usually gathered a lot more emotions, they usually have learned to protect themselves so doing the work the in-depth work to get to the root of the problem is it it can be quite difficult it can be quite emotional um so children children haven't been hardened maybe to to the to needing to protect themselves as much as the adults i work with
0: i know you've recently been working on a program and you've had funding from sort of various institutions and whatever can you tell us a bit more about that
1: yeah, so um, I've been working with, started with the Life Science Hub in Cardiff and then uh, what they do is we put a proposal together and it goes out to the universities as part of the Accelerate programme and Cardiff School of Medicine picked up my programme and said I really, you know, we really want to work with you on this. So part of that is business development um, and I wanted to have a paper written on the effectiveness of my programme. So Bangor University this year agreed to write the paper on the effectiveness of the blended option because there is an online version. But this option is where you do, do it online, but you have three coaching sessions as well and, and email and WhatsApp support. And that's going through. We've got 21 people enrolled currently. We need another nine. But um, it's going really well. And I, it's been really hard because it is my baby and Online, I was not hundred percent sure how it was going to work out. When I'm face to face, you know, obviously you you have more influence. So I've really sort of this has been quite a, an exciting versus a really nervous thing to do for me. But I'm 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 getting some really good feedback just from the online stuff without the coaching sessions as well.
0: So you're finding ways of reaching people now, doing it online that you weren't sure that you were able to before.
1: Yeah, I suppose I was, I lacked the confidence that the online, so I just kept piling stuff into the online. So as much as, so the online is literally um, everything that I do in the face-to-face and more, because it's 31 units, it's, it's a real comprehensive programme. It it isn't a tick box exercise and I am passionate about it not being a tick box exercise, that it actually works for people. So I suppose that's been the nerve-wracking bit is is would it work for people online? And luckily, well, should I say luckily, or is it of that skill? I don't know which way to put that, but it is working. It's, it's really getting people thinking and and really investing in themselves.
0: So the, I presume, what the objective is at the end of the program that everyone is then have a much better understanding of of themselves and being able to handle this in for the for the ongoing future.
1: Yeah, and they get to do the deep work as well. So there's units in there that that um, I do with with face-to-face clients. There's the deeper root, getting to the root work, um, and that's kind of where I suggest people need the support in terms of having the coaching sessions. Uh, but yeah, they can handle life. The the final um, units in this in the program are all about maintenance. It's about building that foundation. to make sure whether this is a long-term change, not just a short-term thing, as, as as I've talked about other therapies being.
0: Does it depend on, so at the beginning of this, someone comes to you, how much of a factor is it, like what level of depression they've got maybe, or what type of mental health conditions they may have? Is there some people who are just have too many that they're beyond help, or, or what would you say on that?
1: I think it's, it's going to depend on how much intervention they have elsewhere um, because I haven't worked with anybody who has schizophrenia um, I've, you know my my aim is to work with low level depression anxiety stress um, but I have been asked by medical professionals if I would so that that for me is something that I would need to look at and and see what other support would, would be necessary for that um but I've had people come and not tell me they've had p t s d and had some amazing results
0: for people who are listening to this who um maybe they've got a close relative you know a child or or a close friend. Who maybe they suspect is, has got some kind of uh, an issue? How would they? What would you think would be the best advice to, to help that person that that their child, their friend, whatever?
1: I'm I, I'm always keen to say to people, do what works. You know, have those open conversations with relatives, but. The difficulty is when you're, when you're feeling like that, you sometimes feel judged for somebody. If somebody was to approach you with you, you already, feel you're judging yourself before somebody else is judging you. But if you can have those open conversations and start conversations around what would help you, but then it, it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's effective. And, and finding the right thing is so important.
0: I guess the hardest part will be actually starting that conversation in the first place.
1: It is. You know, I I work with different organisations and and we talk about how to have these conversations because (coughs) it is difficult to to open a conversation, particularly if they haven't approached you. But what you'll Mm. find is that people often, not always, but often drop hints. Mm. Because they want to test the water to see if you are somebody that they could open up to. Mm. And I think the, the biggest thing to remember is if you're opening a conversation, they may not want to talk to you today mm. or tomorrow or next week, but you've opened the door. Mm. If you can open the door in a non-judgmental way and, and and just let people know that I'm there if you want to speak, I you know I've I've noticed you're not yourself recently, how are things going? Those kind of openers, are not, they're not direct. They're just a way of opening the door and saying, look, I've noticed and I'm here if you want a bit of support.
0: As you've developed the way you work and the way you help people over the last, what, six years from, from what I can make out, what you said before, is there, I'm wondering, for example, have you helped anyone who's, say, been suicidal or who had like really sort of bad depression and, and what, what kind of results have you been able to get for people?
1: I've had a few who have um, one who didn't tell me at all that he'd been suicidal when we when we started. Um, his results have been amazing. He's changed jobs. He's he's improved his family relationships, his, his relationship with his wife, his kids. That is has been a heck of a change for him. Had another one who he told me every week that he'd been to the edge of the of the sea. And contemplated, and he was the one that told me, I don't think this is effing gonna work. And then at the end repeated and said, I didn't think sitting with an effing young lady was gonna work for me, and it did. Um, but not been suicidal since, not Mm -hmm. had the urge to go and sit even and contemplate. And my most recent client, she had attempted to take her own life prior to starting with me a few weeks before. And they tell me they quite often tell me I don't think this is going to work, particularly if they've had some kind of intervention previously. But her life now is completely different. Her the quality of life, the how she gets up in the morning, how she attempts to go through her day is very, very different. And for, you know she's got three, uh, uh, sorry, four daughters, and even that's changing. The relationship she has with each person in her life is is changing as well
0: and i i guess these people who you've got really good results for even though you've got great results from them, there there's still a stigma about mental health and so the, many of them would be reluctant to give you a testimonial I, I would guess
1: yeah it's it's really tough because who wants to talk about it who really wants to go and tell people that you know they they've being in that dark place Mm. testimonials are not too bad they just never they never have a name attached to them for confidentiality reasons if somebody is willing to put their name to it then that's fine Mm. Uh, but it is difficult because word of mouth for me doesn't then happen
0: Mm. what i mean with the the whole kind of pandemic situation over the last couple of years i my hunch is that there's I, I've got a feeling that when we do see the st- statistics and maybe they are available, I haven't really looked for them, but I've got a feeling there's going to be a horrific number of say, suicides and, and so on over the last couple of years. Have you, do you know anything about any of that kind of thing?
1: I haven't seen any formal statistics, but there's there's a suggestion that the numbers of, of uh, people c- taking their own lives has, has gone up quite a, a lot. And it, it's... You know, not just adults, we're talking children as well. We're talking youngsters who are doing it um, because they just, it's been such a change for everybody. But I noticed quite early on last year that people who had had maybe never really understood mental health in other people or mental illness in other people were all of a sudden finding themselves struggling with life, struggling Mm -hmm. through their day, having those intrusive thoughts, having irrational thoughts. And and all of a sudden, they found themselves in those shoes that they did never, not that they didn't believe, but they didn't understand well enough.
0: Mm. In, in January this year, I did a mental health first aid course, which was amazing i mean there were so many things that i had no understanding of or things that i thought i had an understanding of but it became very clear that i didn't you know during the course during doing this course Mm. so for anyone listening i definitely would recommend i mean there's there's mental health first england i presume there's mental health wales and and yeah, there's many places you can do these types of courses do you, do you know anything about that
1: yeah i've done the adolescent one and i've done the adult one as well and, and they were informative and i've just in fact had an email about redoing it but i don't know what the additional information would be doing it the second time but i know the certificate runs out every two years i believe
0: hmm, yeah i think so yeah
1: but they are you know i always when i work with organizations i always advise people to go and have a look at those courses to, to bring people in even if it just improves understanding mm. because that can that can make a difference because one of the things when I run I run courses for sports coaches um, for juniors because I think it's important it tends to be more male orientated and I think we do tend to need more awareness raising and um they they'll say you know we don't talk about mental health or mental illness it's one of those spaces but I I do say that people need to go and understand better have a better understanding of of what it is to live with a mental illness because I come from a lived experience so when I deliver my sessions it's all about the lived experience rather than sort of the medical side of it but people don't understand it they don't tend to they're they're better after the, the workshops but um we we need some more understanding we need more people in that position of knowledge I
0: suppose so, do you think it would it would be well? I get I, this is an obvious answer, but it'd be helpful if a lot more people took that a course such as mental health first aid.
1: Yeah, because it opens conversations, and one of the things I joke about is that, and I'm kind of joking, but I'm not. If you think of somebody who is struggling with with their mental health and an email goes around the office and says that there's a mental health first aid training course or there's a mental health workshop, and most people don't sign up to it. How do you think that person feels? Mm. How do you think it, it, it has a knock on effect to somebody, whether, would I go to that person Mm. you know they're not interested in it if they're not interested in going for training to understand it better is that somebody i could open up to mm. and it, it kind of reinforces the stigma around mm. mental health so i jokingly say that if you haven't signed up to my to my workshop man, that that can have a knock on effect but actually that is true
0: mm. do, you're the program that you do do you Um, have any i don't know aspirations or where you'd like to be able to train other people to be able to go out and deliver this as well
1: yeah that's that's part of the accelerator program with the business development is licensing to be able to have as many facilitators in schools if we can um, for adults out in the community but my long-term goal is to have a recovery ranch here in wales
0: and so what would be involved in that
1: just having a, a place where people can come and do the program either as, a, as a, a day and then they just come in and they do their session and they maybe if they've got time to stay for the day with the ranch or they come for the three months and do the program over three months while they're immersed in you know living on the ranch and, and taking part in all the things that happen on the ranch
0: and how i mean you mentioned about the the universities that are involved in this and you said something about white paper so what what is involved in that and where where do you hope that would go
1: so part of i suppose part of my lack of confidence in my um i suppose my credibility was not having qualifications and not having sort of backing so i've done my master's i did a master's uh two years ago as part of my credibility building Um, but this paper for me is about having somebody else write it somebody else who has nothing to do with the program they write the paper they they speak to the clients they do all the research into how effective it was because I don't even see it that side of it and then I've 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 got a sort of a a university backing I suppose a paper that's not written by me that's that you know isn't biased for me and they've they are honest with their reflection on how effective it is or not and and if it proves to not be effective, then I have a foundation to, to make changes and, and improvements to it. I'm hoping that's not the case, but I'm open to it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that it just demonstrates that this process works.
0: Well, we're changing, changing the subject a bit, or, or although it's not completely changing the subject because I know the answer to this question, but is there a, a book that you've really enjoyed that's really sort of moved you in any way?
1: Yes, part of my journey, I used uh, the Grief Recovery Handbook as well as a Grief Recovery, um, I don't think they're called Counselors, um, a coach, I suppose, and that book was integral. To build in the foundations that allowed me to be able to build on that with self-discovery and and become that happy person again.
0: And when when did you read that?
1: That was twenty fifteen.
0: So it was around the time that all this was happening.
1: Yeah. So this. So in October, of twenty fifteen, is when I started sort of helping my son and myself. Wow.
0: So if people are listening want to find out more about you and the programme and, and you know, and so on, where would where they look?
1: They can find me on any social media platform as Hayley T. Wheeler. There's also Emotion Mind Dynamic uh, Facebook page and Instagram page. That's all new at the moment. And there is a website for Emotion Mind Dynamic as well, um, which is www.emotionminddynamic.co.uk. Mm-hmm. But search me up on any social media platform.
0: And so the name of the programme that you were referring to before is Emotion Mind Dynamic. Yes. I thought I'd just make that clear to anyone <laughs> listening. And, and finally, Hayley, before we finish, is there do you have a quotation that you like?
1: It's my own quotation. I love this one. And I think it's really important because people don't realise it. You are the most important person in your world and your life, regardless of what other roles you have. Because if you don't look after yourself nobody's going to do it for you. And you can't be the best parent, the best business owner, the best partner, if you don't look after yourself. And and I know that people struggle with that, Mm. but I think it's really important.
0: Yeah. We had an episode uh, probably about three months ago, I guess, with Andrea Pennington, who's a self-compassion expert. And I remember one of the things that she said was, um, when talking to someone who is really sort of beating themselves up all the time and she said uh, something to say to someone who's doing that is don't talk to my friend like that and that that really kind of landed me, I thought wow that's so powerful you know, because, and it, she says when she's done that to people it has made them really stop and think you know?
1: it's, Well it is, you would, very rare would you speak to anybody else the way that you speak to yourself in your head Hmm. We are, we are, we are our harshest critics.
0: Hmm. Yeah, self self compassion is so important. Well, well, Hayley, it's been an absolute pleasure. I know we've been speaking about doing this for a long time. We've eventually done it. Okay. So um, yeah, thank you for sharing this really important information. And um, yeah, I, I hope a lot of people get some more benefit from this. Thank
1: you for having me on. It's been great.
0: <laughs> Next week is episode thirty four with Jonathan McClernon. And he is a, a nutrition coach. He has a company called Freedom Nutrition Coaching. And he, he offers personalized nutrition coaching to, to really tries to fit the lifestyle, personality and goals of the, the clients that he's working with. So we're going to hear a lot more about nutrition and how nutrition is helpful for so many different areas regarding health. That's next week's episode with Jonathan McLernan. If you know anyone who could really benefit from some of the information that Haley shared with us regarding mental health and depression and some of those areas please do share the episode with them because it could be really helpful to them hope you enjoyed this week's show and see you next week thanks for tuning in to the habits and health podcast where we believe creating healthy habits should be easy if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app Sign up for email updates and learn about coaching and workshop opportunities at TonyWinyard.com. See you next time on the Habits and Health Podcast.